3: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: It's a Redlegs Red Radio on. with Ben and Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Yeah. Climate Air Conditioning and solar, simply, simply the best. best.
1: G'day there, Red and Blue Army. Welcome back to Red Legs Radio, Episode 2. And we are in celebratory mode after a fantastic performance from our boys on Thursday night. Gee, it seems like so long ago now. It's always great having a big victory against Port Adelaide on the Thursday before Easter because you've got four days off to celebrate it. And celebrate it, we have, after a massive 35-point win over the Port Adelaide Magpie. So impressive. In all facets of the game, first quarter was absolutely dominant, set the scene, and the boys carried it out beautifully. We are going to spend a bit of time talking about that game. We're going to look forward to the big clash against Sturt this weekend. We're heading off to Unley Oval to take on the Double Blues, and to do it is the new assistant coach, of the Norwood Football Club. Uh, welcome to Red League Radio, Rob Harding.
4: Thanks very much, Ben. It's great to be here.
1: Great to have you on board, mate. Uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, how you came about to end up at the Norwood Footy Club. And we, uh, Some people may know your history, some don't, but you did have five years at the Adelaide Football Club. You were in opposition analysis. Uh, you've been back in Victoria and obviously were one of the victims of the uh, coronavirus pandemic and so forth. But tell us how you found yourself here in Red and Navy.
4: Yeah, like a lot of people, unfortunately, in the football industry, I did get impacted by the COVID situation last year in Melbourne, and um, had a role last year with the Vic Metro Under-18 program, so I was coaching the midfield there, and we got a couple of camps away with the young boys, and then, unfortunately, uh, the whole world shut down, so I found myself out of work, did a fair bit of media stuff last year, and um, had a relationship with the previous coach at the footy club, Jared Cotton, um, who I'd worked with at the Crows in 2015, and um, that had really started the ball rolling, talking to the club through the end of last season, um, and then... Got the opportunity to come across and fill this sort of hybrid role, which uh, the club's come up with now, which I'm finding fantastic so far. I get the opportunity to coach the reserves, which I really enjoy, and then also be the football services manager. So I look after the football program from a league perspective, and um, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's such a great footy club, and uh, one of the things I've loved about it so far is that when you come into a footy club, you just get a feel for the tradition and the passion, um, mm. and particularly around the community. I'm fortunate enough to be living just up the parade, so I get a short walk to work every day and uh, get to feel that passion of the Norwood community.
1: Look, the Sandfuls not completely foreign to you, I'm sure, and in your role with the Crows, you would have seen uh, a fair bit of it in the early days of uh, Crows in uh, the Sandful State League. But what was the experience like for you on Thursday night? A Huge crowd there at Cooper Stadium, uh, tribal warfare, I guess, Norwood and Port Adelaide. Uh, did it give you a bit of a tingle?
4: It absolutely did, and I've been really fortunate in the roles I've done at AFL level across the journey. I've got to experience showdowns here working with the Crows, but got to experience derbies and Anzac Day working at Essendon and all these different things, and. That passion the other night was that sort of level for me. It was fantastic, and for only five thousand people to be allowed in at the moment, with the way the regulations are, to make that much noise and you could tell the players really feed off that. It creates such a great vibe um, in the venue. So um, I know all about the history of Nord and Port Adelaide, um, and to get to experience it firsthand was just amazing. Uh,
1: how do you assess the team after round one? They were so impressive. Uh, certainly from a, a spectator's perspective, I'm outside the, the walls, if you like, but as someone really in it and living it and breathing it. I mean, we, we, we went in, there were some question marks because we had that terrible trial. Uh, the third trial, I think, was against West Adelaide. And we were really poor, and I guess there's uh, question marks and have we got this right? But you, at quarter time, there must have almost been a bit of a sense of relief between you and Jade. There
4: was a feeling of excitement, really, in the box. Uh, you're right, the West Adelaide game, at both league and reserve level, were both pretty poor, and there were some reasons behind that. We are still in a pretty heavy training phase at mm. the time, And that's part of what you have to do as a coach is assess your pre-season on the fly. And you want to get the guys to the point where at round one, they're really in tip-top shape and ready to go. And from the end of that first quarter, we knew that we were really flying. And um, the energy and the intensity was fantastic right from the start. So, uh, look, it was really pleasing from a coaching perspective. I was wrapped for Jade because what he's brought into the footy club and the way that he wants to play, he and I didn't have a relationship before I arrived here. and. We're in complete philosophical alignment about how we want the team to play and what we believe makes up a successful football team. And to see that come out at both league and reserves level in round one, it gave us confidence in what we've been doing, but it gave our players, most importantly, confidence in what we're doing. And you could just feel that vibe permeating throughout the group and throughout the supporter base and everyone. And um, it was a fantastic way to start our season.
1: Um, You you talked about that you and Jade have uh, some very similar philosophies on footy. One, I think, and I'm sure you probably wrestled with this, was the fact that Matthew Panos has been a bit of a spiritual leader at this club for some time. Captain of the club last year, uh, had the serious knee injury, was obviously going to miss a fair bit of football this year. And you would have wrestled with it, I'm not sure, but made the decision to appoint Matthew Nunn as captain. And Twig told us this last week that he was adamant that a captain has to be on field and leading out on field. He's had 20 touches to halftime, Matthew Nunn. Um, just describe his performance first game as captain.
4: Yeah, Nunn, he was fantastic. And having come over here sort of during the start of preseason, um, his leadership capability was evident right from the start. And I, I remember grabbing him after one of the training sessions where I'd seen a couple of things he'd done and I just gave him a bit of a pump up for his leadership stuff. And I know it was something he'd been working on previously, but... You know, the way he started with that first game as captain was outstanding and it really flows on from how he's been behaving all through the preseason. Uh, it was a difficult situation with Nos because he's so revered inside our footy club and such an important player to us as a footy club and the last thing we would want is anyone to think that it was anything to do with him as a person or as a player it's just the circumstances that he's been in and absolutely not his fault but he's been faultless in how he's been going about it as well and he'll continue to provide a great support for Nunny and for shentz and for Brad McKenzie and the rest of our broader leadership group as we go forward um, NOS is a super important uh, person in our footy club and Um, Yeah, we're really excited to hopefully have him back later in the year, but no pressure on him in terms of his recovery. He's just got to do what he needs to do. And um, we look forward to having him back at some point. Again, I say this
1: just as a complete observer from outside. I don't have any numbers or anything like that. They looked fitter.
4: Look, I believe that they are fitter from what I've been told from last year. Certainly comparatively, our numbers to the previous AFL clubs I've been at are really solid and um, that's really pleasing. Um, I said to someone earlier today I was talking to that Coming from the AFL system, I've spent you know more than a decade at AFL level into the SNFL system. Uh, I have an enormous appreciation for what these players do. Mm. You know they work all day or in some cases we've got players that work night shift after training, um, and then to come in and do the sort of level of uh, training intensity that we do is fantastic effort. So they've worked really hard in the preseason. Our high performance manager Taylor Jack's done an incredible job with them. Um, I think with how we're going forward. We're in a great spot to start the year. It's now more of a management phase with our um, conditioning work. So we'll make sure we keep them at that sort of intensity that we want. Uh, The games where we don't maybe get the volume of distance, then we'll make sure we top it up. And that's a real management process throughout the year. But collectively, the players are saying to us that they're coming through games and they're feeling fit, they're feeling strong. Um, And that's what we want to hear at the start of the season.
1: And there's going to be some um, competition for spots. Your team, the reserves, played very early on Friday morning against South Adelaide, had a really strong win as well. And we've seen a guy like Cole Gerloff, who was a really instrumental player, played pretty, you know, he was a regular selection in the A-grade last year and he's back in your side. I mean, you're going to have some hungry blokes.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a management challenge for me, I think, throughout this year. So on the weekend, to have um, guys like Cole, Josh Richards, Emmanuel Era, Mm. Mitch Wilkins, Um, we've got this great group of older guys that are sitting in there that are playing really well. Lenny Pascoe is another one in Mm. that boat. And then this really exciting crop of kids coming through. And um, I didn't actually know it because I'm obviously new to the club. But in the West Adelaide trial, I think we had 12 players that played in the under-18s last year. So we've got this young group coming through. And I was really impressed with Sam Duke as a key defender. I thought he was one of our best players on the weekend. Um, and we're going to continue to see these young kids like Cooper Murley coming through um, that are going to be really exciting for us to watch now and to be really proud of as they go forward in their football journey.
1: So Sam Duke, Cooper Murley, and that was exactly the question I wanted to ask you for the Norwood fans who listen in and they see maybe, you know, the last quarter of the reserves and then there for the league. Who were some of them? And you, as you said, you know, Emmanuel Lear is in that side. Josh Richards is in that side. Cole Gerloff is in that side. Who are maybe one or two that we may see emerge towards the end of the year?
4: Look, I think we'll see guys like Ethan Schwert um, come through again, another one out of the under-18 program. Uh, Guys in this side at the moment, you know, Brodie Carroll will come through and play some league footy, I I hope, at some point soon. Sam Buckham's another one in that boat. There's a few guys there that have had some interruptions to their preseason, and that's why they're playing reserves footy at the Mm -hmm. moment. Unfortunately, the stage we're going to get to is that 32-35 doesn't go into the League 22. Of course. So um, they're going to have to bide their time, some of these guys, but I'm really excited by those guys and some of the young players we've brought in from outside the club previously. So guys like Matt Vardeniger and Mitch Cotter is going to get a run this week and play as an in inside mid. Uh, we're just bringing through some exciting talent, mostly in that younger bracket, that 18-22 to 22 bracket. Um, and I think they're going to be really exciting for us for the future. We're
1: talking to Rob Harding. He is the Football Services Manager of the Norwood Football Club, coaching the reserves and, of course, assistant coach of the league team who were so impressive on Thursday night. And uh, we're going to talk very shortly about the big game at only Oval against the Double Blues this coming weekend. Just want to talk to you about uh, the forward line. My goodness, there's a, an embarrassment of riches up there. Uh, Paul Puopolo, Richard Douglas, of course, and all their AFL experience. But Don Barry, another one with AFL experience. He was so impressive on the weekend. Am I right? You take control of the forwards?
4: Yeah, that's right. I do take the forwards on, on game day, and it's a great group to work with. Um, the, the thing I've really loved about them so far is that they're, they're quite unselfish. Um, we've had games in the trials where Jackson Keller kicked five and a half, but it wasn't everything about trying to get the ball to Jackson. It was everyone playing their role. And he was the one that was the beneficiary in the end. But we saw the other night, uh, we had a great spread of, of goal scorers, which is what we really want to see. And when you get the pressure that you get from a Hamilton, a Piopolo, a Barry, um, Nelligan, going through that forward line, it makes the job of the big guys even easier. And um, everyone played their role to a part, uh, to, a, to an absolute T, sorry. And, the thing that we liked the most about it was the way Port Adelaide liked to play. And you see it at both levels for them. Their defenders like to roll off and mm-hmm. intercept as much as possible. And it's one of those games where we said to the forwards, you have to park your ego at the door today. If you're leading to a spot and your man's rolling off you, he's probably rolling to a pretty good spot. So we made it a contest with them and our forwards competed so well.
1: What's it like seeing Piopolo run a bloke down? I mean, that it's it's great for a coach and it's great for the fans as well, isn't it?
4: <laughs> it is. The, the whole... The whole crowd just buzzes when he gets near it, don't they? And um, that was one of the great things the other night. He's been absolutely faultless since he's been at our club. You know, he brings incredible experience and he's a Norwood person. He's passionate about it. That's why he's come back here to play for us again. And um, the crowd just lifts a little bit. And I knew that they would after we had a training session a couple of months ago where there were people sitting in our Premier's bar um, having a few drinks during a training session. And we did a bit of goal-kicking stuff. And he might have snapped one from the boundary right in front of the bar and then turned to celebrate with the bar (laughs) itself. So um, I I knew that he'd be a fan-favourite straight away off the back of that. But um, look, he's been fantastic. And the times where he speaks to the group, he he just carries that weight with him that everyone knows what he's done at AFL level and why he's back here, you know, wanting to be successful with us again. Um, And everyone really takes notice of what he says.
1: Jacob Kennelly, 24 touches in his first game. What a star.
4: Yeah, J.K., he's fantastic. Just a hard worker. You know, if you ever sit... You come to a game at Cooper Stadium and watch Jacob run, and you'll see just how hard he works. And he burns off opponent after opponent. Uh, He's tireless in how he goes about it. And um, again, to bring a guy like him back, who's had a couple of years in a great AFL program at the Cats, he comes and brings that knowledge back into our footy club. And it benefits not just him, but it benefits the players around him.
1: One thing that really surprised me uh, last week was Brad McKenzie was going to play up the field. I mean, I watched every game last year and he basically never left defensive 50 actually saved us a couple of times. Certainly at South took two big marks late in the game to save the game for us. Um, just describe the decision to move him up uh, onto a halfback wing into those sorts of roles. Obviously, his kicks are so great, but he must have done a bit of work fitness-wise to He certainly
4: that. has. Yeah, look, he really has. He, he's super fit at the moment. He's probably the fittest he's been, I think, in his footy career, which is a great credit to him um, at 26, 27, I think, Brad is. And um, he does... Obviously use the ball fantastically well, so we get him in positions where he can deliver the ball inside 50 or hit the scoreboard himself, which we've seen him do um, a few times in our games so far this year. But he also sets the ground up really well and directs his teammates well. Um, <clears throat> so it's great to have a player like that at in that sort of midfield role. And as a wingman, he's another one similar to, to JK, where he transitions so well up and down the ground that just gives us everything we want to stay connected as a, a group. I uh, just want to ask you a
1: couple of questions about Sample football. We're still running with the last touch out of bounds rule. Do you like it? And do you think it belongs
4: the next level up? I don't mind it. Um, I, I do have a, some strong views on some of the rule changes that have come in in recent years. Uh, one thing I don't like about the last touch is that sometimes a throw in actually separates the ground. If you look at a free kick for an out of bounds on the wing, generally players are going to be within 60, a 60 meter diameter of the, where the ball is. You know where it's going. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's It's predictable. It's going straight back down the line. At a stoppage, everyone spreads out naturally. Mm. So um, I actually don't think throw-ins are too much of a problem. I understand that all leagues are trying to reduce ball-ups because generally the congestion is a bit tighter around that. But look, I've seen it in practice now You know, when I was here previously and seeing it again now, and I don't mind seeing it. Uh, what about the stand rule? Do you think that would work in the, in the sandfall? I beg your pardon? I think it probably would. I was sort of glad it didn't come in initially because it's more about, and this is purely from a selfish coaching perspective, about retraining players to not shuffle across on the mark. Um, Does it have as big an impact as what it looks like at the AFL? I think there's been a bit of a adjustment from coaches at AFL level as well about wanting to take the game on okay. and get the ball moving before. Seems like Richmond could get their defensive systems in place, so I think it's a bit the rule and it's a bit a bit of natural progression um, at that level. I have a feeling it probably will come in at our level at some point.
1: It, it, it seems like uncontested marks have gone up as a result. and Maybe there'll be something the AFL will need to have to think about or whether they extend the length of the kick that's a, a legal mark and that's something for someone else yeah. to think about. But can you trust Sandful Skills to be able to go chip, chip, chip with that uh, uncontested mark possession type of game that we saw Geelong use on Monday?
4: I think you can. Yeah, I think the skill level translates well enough to be able to do it. Um, again, it's something that you just start training more. So we, if the stand rule came in, we would modify some of our training a little bit to adjust for that. Not, We're not going to throw everything out because the base of our game is more around contest, and that's what we really believe in. But it would adjust a little bit how we do our offensive stuff. And look, the danger with any rules that come in, and not just the stand rule, but particularly more around things like interchange caps is – The last thing you want to do is legislate certain types of players out of the game. So if the the stand rule is one where clubs might look at their ruckman now and say, if we have a more mobile running ruck who can use the ball really well and be involved in general play more, maybe Mm. we'll preference that if there's going to be less stoppages because Mm. the game's more open and uncontested, as you said. That's that might start to cause an unintended consequence from what has been brought in. And that's the thing the AFL really has to be aware of because the last thing we want to do is take certain types of players out of the game.
1: Now you've only seen one game uh, live of Sample Football. Uh, if there was one tweak you might make to the rules, what do you think you would suggest to the SANFL? I'd remove the interchange cap.
4: Right. Yeah, I don't think the interchange cap is necessary at any level. Um, it's... Over the 10 years at AFL level, uh, certainly scoring's gone backwards all through that 10 years. Congestion's gone up massively. So I don't think the numbers reflect it. Um, clubs spend far too much time talking about interchanges. It shouldn't be that important. It shouldn't be a party your week. And uh, Twig is fantastic with this, that he doesn't make it a big priority. At AFL clubs, you'll legitimately sit and have meetings about interchanges mm. and rotations. It's terrible. And it's only because of the cap. Yeah. If there wasn't a cap, then you could let it flow a bit more organically. But yeah. because you're working to a number... Uh, I think it, it's a challenge. So that's the one that I would remove straight away.
1: Oh, Rob, I hope we get the opportunity to chat uh, more throughout the year because uh, I've been fascinated. I've listened to you on radio a lot, to be honest, and uh, been quite interested in your opinions on football. So hopefully we can do that again soon. But before uh, we wrap things up, you've got the double blues on the weekend. I'm sure you had uh, already a good long look at their game against the Eagles. What do you think the key facets are to beating them on Saturday afternoon?
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this clash um, down at Unley. And look, i Obviously, around the contest is an area that we really pride ourselves on. Uh, we know that Sturt are going to try and probably possess the ball a little bit with their short kick and uncontested mark, so we're going to have to be really strong in that space. And um, you know, for us, we're focused a little bit on what they do, but we continue to look at what we do and how we can improve it. So we thought we played well against Port, but we had lots of areas that we think we can get you know five, ten percent better, and that's the exciting thing for us. So the biggest challenge this week's probably been selection, as much as anything. Uh, it's a really challenging team to break into at the moment, so. We'll announce our selection tonight so all the members out there that want to get down to the club uh, we're actually bringing back the old school team selection night so i know <laughs> it used to happen in the uh, old Redlegs club i believe it was but if you come down to the club tonight then your first coopers or your barossa boy wine that's uh, on the club so you get down there and um, you'll hear from the coaches hear what the team selection is as soon as it gets announced and Uh, We want to encourage all our supporters to come down to the club more and more, watch us train, be involved in it, sign up as members. You know, I think we're aiming to get three and a half thousand members this year and we're getting closer to that now, so... The vibe around the club is so good at the moment. We know that there'll be a big, passionate red and blue army down at uh, Unley on Saturday afternoon.
1: Rob Harding, he's the football services manager. He's the coach of the reserves, the assistant coach of the league, and he should get a job as marketing manager as well. He has absolutely spruced it perfectly. Rob, thanks for joining us on Red Leagues Radio. Thanks very much. Great having Rob Harding on board. We're thrilled to have him at the football club. Going to be such a great asset to all of our young and developing Norwood football club. Lads, we're off to a break. On the other side, we're going to be catching up with Matt Creeper, the assistant coach of oh, the coach. Church, I beg your pardon, of the women's team, you're listening to Red Legs Radio. You're listening to Red Legs, red Legs Radio
2: with Ben Hook, thanks to Climat Air Conditioning, Climat Air Conditioning and Solar, simply and the best. The love, the 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 you're listening to Red, Legs red Legs Radio with Ben Hook, thanks to Climat Air Conditioning, Climat Air Conditioning and Solar, simply and the best.
1: Yeah, you listen to Red Legs Radio. It is thanks to climate, air conditioning, and solar and to Pell play out of your skin. Time to turn our attention to the Sandful W team at the Norwood Football Club who are travelling absolutely superbly at the moment. Massive win over the Eagles at Adelaide Oval on the weekend. They are sitting on top of the table, 1 5 straight, and joining us is their coach, Matt Creeper. Matt, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Thanks for having me. Uh, you must be very pleased with uh, what's happened over the last five weeks with the girls.
0: Yeah, mate. We're in uh, in good shape. Um, obviously, a long way to go yet. We're only midway through the season, but uh, so far, the girls are, are going really well and, and uh, travelling nicely.
1: Now, you've worked with Steve Simons a bit as his uh, right-hand man. Is this the first time you've been a senior coach? Uh,
0: no, I've been a senior coach before. Um, spent a lot of time up in the Territory, so yep. I've done some senior coaching up there, and uh, also over in Townsville um, for the Hermit Park Tigers. So, so i done a fair bit of senior coaching, a fair bit of academy coaching as well up in the NT, but... Um, yeah, first time in SA as a senior coach.
1: What was it like coaching from the box at
0: Adelaide Oval? Well, I went up there for the first quarter, just to have a bit of a look and uh, check out the landscape. But um, yeah, I spend most of my time down on the on the boundary. So I went up there just to have a bit of a look at um, the opposition and structures and set up and so on. So after that, went down on the boundary. But uh, yeah, good view from up there.
1: Is that a conscious thing that you do coaching from the boundary? Because you've got a lot of players in your team who are still in very much a development phase of their career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, we got... Uh, some good coaches that can uh, oversee things from from the top. So we've got full faith in them. But I think being down on the boundary line at at women's level um, gives us the opportunity to um, speak to the girls when they come off the ground and and helps with instruction when they're on the ground as well. So we're sort of a bit more uh, readily available to them.
1: Been an incredible run. I think you might have dropped your first game to West Adelaide, but uh, haven't dropped one since then. You're five straight, as I said, at the top.
0: What are you getting right? Uh, I think we're getting a lot right. And as I said before, you know, there's still a lot to get right. And we've told the girls right from the outset that um, it's going to take some time. You know, new game plan, new structures, new process. And, um, you know, trying to bring that elite type environment into the club with the women's space. But, um, you yeah, there's a lot we're getting right. And we've got a really good mix of uh, junior talent and um, experienced players. And, uh, you know, they're, they're gelling really well. So I think um, the cohesion of the group um you know the fitness of the group and and their ability to to adapt and change to what we're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, they are learning and they are listening and and they are grasping what we're trying to to put forward.
1: Where do you fo- where do you I, I guess identify the areas of greatest improvement for this group?
0: Um, well, we sort of looked at um, personnel and and uh, you know we did move a few personnel on and, and we had a few that got drafted and and whatever else. So we did. Have a reasonable change in personnel coming in, so I think um, we had to fill some holes. So we went out and recruited really well, um, but we identified that they probably weren't that fit last year as well. So, so we've got them a lot fitter than what they have been in the past. Um, so I believe that's gone a long way to enhancing the skills and enhancing the ability to run out games. And we've seen that in the last couple of weeks where we've been challenged um, by uh, the Eagles and Glenelg, and um, we found something in the last quarters of both games to to win. So I think fitness is is playing a massive part in that.
1: Well, let's talk about last week's game because it was just down the road at Adelaide Oval and uh, what a super thrill for the girls to get the opportunity to play on Adelaide Oval. But you make a really good point about it. Uh, They were a tough side to shake for three and a half quarters. Uh, broke it apart i want to ask you about elizabeth drake who i think is a new player to the club has played five games she's uh, i think equal second on the goal kicker list with six goals which in low scoring affairs which sandville w tends to be that's a remarkable statistic just tell us a bit about uh, where elizabeth drake is from
0: yeah liz has um, come to us uh through i think she played at local level with Ed- edwardstown so i think that might have been you know down the divisions a little bit mm. um but she was put forward to us by uh, one of the guys I worked with at Collingwood, uh, Chris Clifton, who was our midfield coach there, and he's the Australian uh, women's army coach. So Liz is in the military, right? Um, and she also works with um, Alicia Gallagher, who plays for us as well. Yes. So we've got that bit of a connection there. And she came out to us in um, in the trials. Didn't didn't try because she had a hand issue, but um, we had some vision of her. We we liked what we've seen, and and she's been a, a fantastic performer with us. She she did get a corky. Um, and, and missed one game um, against Glenelg. But, um, yeah, she came come back last week. Was a little bit rusty early on, but found her, found her uh, niche and, and um, certainly you know delivered for us on the day, which was good.
1: What sort of forward is she? Is she high half forward, or does she play a bit closer to goal?
0: Yeah, she can play anywhere. Um, so generally we, we use her as a high half forward, so she's sort of a bit of a link player between you know defence and attack, but she can go deep forward as well, and, and she's reasonably quick. Um, she's got good hands, and she's strong, and, and she knows where the goals are, so... Uh, we, we can always play her through the midfield and, and she actually was a defender prior. So she's a bit of a utility. So if we probably need a gap to be filled, well, you know, she might be the person.
1: Uh, Ali Ferrell was in here last week and we spent a fair bit of time talking about a number of different players uh, at all ends of the ground, but I want to ask you about her, just describe uh, her role as captain and uh, such an integral part of the team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't, don't hear too much rant and rave from Ali. Um, she's pretty softly spoken and, and, um, you know, she's a good leader in her own way um, with the girls. And I know the younger girls look up to her and, and um, she's she's doing a fantastic job. But um, you know, initially, a couple of years back, she was seen as a defender and, and I know Steve tried to play her as a forward and... and um, once I got back here, we give her a bit of a crack at that, and we soon realised she's much better for us in defence. So she's been playing some good football, and um, you know she she helps muster the girls back there, and helps with the with the structure and the the way we play our defence. And yeah, she's been super for us.
1: I want to ask you about uh, kicking for goal, Matt, because it's been a remarkable bounce around that you've had over the last three weeks. I think against North three weeks ago, five zip. Uh, then it was three eleven versus Glenelg and four eight on the weekend versus the Eagles. I mean, is that just the random nature of football or is there a bit more to it that, that that you somehow had this blitz of straight goal kicking three weeks ago and since then it's been a bit of a
0: battle? Yeah, well I think sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't. It's just simple as that. And and yeah, against Glenelg, we well, had the opportunity to probably, you know, have that game won and done and dusted by half time, you know, kicking a lot of points. I think it was one goal eight. Um, mm. we kicked early on and, and, uh, we certainly had our opportunities to, to ice the game, but couldn't do it. And, and, you know, we obviously had to work really hard in the last quarter to get the win, but yeah, there's, there's no real one thing that you can put it down to like on the weekend when we kicked four goal out, uh, four goal eight, there was, um, know, yeah, some goals that were almost goals, um, mm. uh, or sorry, goal attempts are almost goals and they were touched on the line. So, you know, they, they were almost there, but they weren't quite. And then there was probably a couple of times where we just didn't take our time and did didn't finish correctly, so yeah, we've looked at that and we'll try and try and fix that. Ongoing.
1: We're talking to Matt Creeper. He is the coach of the Norwood Football Club sample W team. They are sitting beautifully in top spot. They have a week off this weekend. That'll be the top of the table clash against North Adelaide next weekend at Cooper's Stadium. Um, what do you do with the week off? Do you train them hard or do you give them a bit of a breather?
0: No, well, obviously identified. It's midway through. Um, the girls have been working really hard. We've been training three nights a week. When we, you know had our pre-season blocks and then uh, coming into games, you know, if we played on the weekend, we still train three nights a week. So they've been working really hard and, and um, yeah, there's been some hot days as well. So we identified that, you know, it's probably a good time um, at this point to, to give them a bit of a rest. So um, yeah, they didn't train Monday. We, we trained last night, Um, not solid, but um, got, got enough into them. We've done a bit of education and stuff last night as well. And they'll have a rest on Friday this week as well and do a bit of a, a team bonding session. Um, So just all the players will get together and, and um, work on a bit of uh, team bonding. And then next week we get back into it. So full steam ahead. So bit of a bit of a rest week this week.
1: Matt, where do you see the league overall? I mean, it's still obviously in the development phase. I think it's the fifth season of Sanful W football. Do you see it? We're at 11 rounds now. Do you see it getting to 14 rounds? Do you even see it maybe getting to a similar length of the Sandful season?
0: Yeah, I think um, it's inevitable that we'll see expansion. And, um, you know, there, there'll be greater, greater games next year. I'm, I'm probably pretty confident of that. Um, and also talking about having a reserves competition coming as well. So I think expansion is certainly on the cards with Sandville. So um, unsure whether it'll get to the same length as a um, Sandville men's season. Um, I think we're a long way off that yet. But certainly in the last two years, I think the comp has developed and evolved rapidly. I think in the next five years, we're going to see it you know, expand even more. So some of these kids coming through that are... You know, that the 12 13 year olds now that um, will come through in the next four to five years their development they've been playing for a number of years now and their skill sets great uh, their knowledge is um, really good they're going to take over um, so yeah there will be unfortunately players that may get bypassed because these kids are going to be so good and we're seeing it at our, our level now you know we've, we've got kids that are coming through and and um, you know pushing some of the more seasoned and, and senior players out just purely based on 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 um, you yeah, them having that that structure and skill set from a, from a young age. Uh
1: Matt you talked about uh, your very strong involvement in footy in the top end uh, Queensland as well um in coaching have you coached a premiership before?
0: No, haven't coached a premiership, been uh, assistant coach of a premiership team many times but haven't got the uh haven't got the win um you know being at the been at the helm, so, can you taste one this year? Oh, uh, mate, we're not even talking about that. So, yeah, we, we've got a bit of a, a structure and, and strategy and a process and a pathway. So, yeah, you know, we're just ticking those boxes as we go. And, and um, you know, if we get to that point, great. Um, but, you know, we, we've got a long way to go yet. So, yeah, our aim is to, yeah. to be playing in the finals first and then uh, we'll take everything else as it comes.
1: Mate, you've ticked a few boxes already. You're in top spot. You've got a week off. You've got a big game against North Adelaide next weekend. Hopefully you can tick that box as well. Matt Creeper, thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio. All
0: no right, Thanks for having us.
1: That's our Sandful W wrap. Looking forward to seeing the girls after a week off. Take on North Adelaide next Friday night at Cooper Stadium. We're off
2: to a break. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. It. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and solar. Simply the best.
1: Yeah, g'day there. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. I am Ben Hook and uh, I've got a couple of legends in the studio that I'm about to chat to very shortly. Of course, we're hotting up for the big game on Saturday afternoon. We're heading down to Unley Oval, better known as Peter Motley Oval these days. of Named after the champion of the Sturt Football Club, uh, Peter Motley and uh, it's Norwood taking on the Double Blues. We're one-round winners over Port Adelaide. They are first-round losers over the Eagles, and we are looking forward to continuing that trend. We go 2-0, and oh, they go 0-2. and two. But we're going to take some time out from footy to start to talk about another one of the great supporters and partners of the Norwood Football Club. I'm talking about Blades, the Barber Lounge. And for those of you who are at Cooper Stadium on Thursday night, you may have noticed that the boys were actually there in action doing haircuts while you were watching the footy. Let's catch up with them now. It's Raf and Paz. Raph, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Welcome, thank you. Great to have you on board. Paz, you as well. Hey, just tell us a little bit about who came up with the idea of doing haircuts on a Thursday night at a football ground.
5: Uh, I think it was a bit of a brainchild between myself and Dale Fleming. we um, were we'll thinking of what we can do one to bring back to give something back to the club as well as our sponsorship, um, but something that we could do to engage the the um, fans um, and um, and something that's a bit unique and different. Uh, we haven't seen a barbershop get done in a, in a footy game before. Um, we've done other events in the past. So we thought that'd be a pretty cool idea.
1: What about the challenges? I mean, normally you've got mirrors, you've got a little bit of uh, FM music, if you like, going on in the background. What were the challenges of performing haircuts while uh, there was a raucous 5,000-strong crowd there?
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't think there was really many challenges. You know, lighting's it's not easy at night time. Uh, but, um, you know, once when you're engaging with the fans, you're having fun, um, yeah, you Guys, The fans have already had a few drinks, so if we miss a little bit on the side, it won't matter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Paz, tell us a little bit about the business, mate. Uh, its origins, where did it start from, and uh, how has it grown into this uh, six uh, six outlets, I think it might be now. Just tell us a little bit about uh, how it's all come about.
6: Um, we started back in 2015, and first shop was in Golden Grove. Righto. Um, I'd been in that shopping centre for probably seven years, and uh, the shop that I was in before was quite busy. And I said to my brother one day, I said, "Hey man, like you got to come down and check out the uh, the shop I'm working in because um, I think this is the shop we got to we got to pick up on, you know." So he came down, had a look, and we were like, "Yep, yeah, you know what? This is the one. Let's do it." So 2015, the end of the year, we pretty much snapped it up and uh, started from there, and then it just grew one after another, just
3: from there.
1: So we are both, uh, when we talk barbers, we're generally talking men's haircuts. Is that pretty much the market? Is that what you're generally involved in? Men's and kids, basically. Men's and kids. Okay. So how did you two link up?
5: Well, I'm not a barber myself. Right. I look after the business side of it. But Paz has obviously been in the industry over 20 years now. Um, I've done other businesses in the past. And so it was a matter of pretty much putting together um, his knowledge of barbering, my knowledge of business, and let's go ahead and do something. So together. basically,
1: I use my hands; he uses his brain.
5: Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> and do you do his hair? No. Right. Sometimes. Who, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Who, who does uh, Who does Raf's hair? We've got a guy named Nick. Nick. That works for us. Yeah. So, are we Are we proud of the work that Nick does, mate? Absolutely. All my brothers. <laughs> proud of what everyone does. So, how do you go? I know my understanding is in business, you're know, getting one outlet is one thing, maybe getting to two or three is another, but going to six, I mean, that's quite a remarkable jump. You've got large staff to employ. How have you got it to such a metropolis of a business?
5: Oh, look at the end of the day, it's about we're a family business. um, And it's about making your staff happy um, and creating that culture. Um, We've got longevity with our staff. We've had staff that have been with us for five years since our inception, uh, four and a half years, three and a half years, so on and so on. So keeping the longevity of the staff has enabled us to grow. Um, and we've pretty much done a barbershop each year since we've opened, we've even once. So. so we've been five and a half years now. We're up to six. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, we put credit to a lot of that with our staff um, and creating that family a- atmosphere between us, the staff and the clients. Uh, Raf,
1: you said you started at Golden Grove. You're now obviously at Norwood, uh, right next to the Norwood. Store. That was store number two. Yep. Where have you moved since then?
5: So from Nor- after we did Norwood, we moved to Fell, Glenburn Road, which yep. is still part of the North St. Peter's Council. Sure, uh, We're locals from the area, so we come from the eastern suburbs. Right. Um, and our father and myself and my brother have been strong Red Redleg fans from day one, so um, the east is our where we come from. So sure. it was all about let's put a, a stamp into the east. Uh, we did that with Norwood as our second store and um, then Glenburn Road Fell. Uh, then we moved to the city, um, in the David Jones complex down in um, um, Food Court. Uh, then we, we're now um, also at Highmarsh, across from the entertainment centre. And we've just recently opened down at Plimpton, um, where the Highway Hotel is in the new development there. Beautiful. Just spreading the wings
1: a little yeah. bit, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So, but, uh, very much Norwood first and foremost. Is that right, Paz? Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, is, and I, you I said you said that your family uh, were Norwood supporters. What about you, Paz?
6: Oh, yeah. I'm still the same
1: family. Oh, brothers. your brothers. you yeah, brothers? Yeah. Oh, I beg, my, beg your pardon. Sorry, I, now that's yeah. the first time I've worked that so out. That's,
5: that's why we said family if business. If you really which, so, want me to tell you, no. Yeah. So we've got, we're, we're brothers. We, we're part, partners in the business. And um, we've got a younger brother also that manages our Norwood store um, that a lot of the Norwood players would know very well. Um, so, yeah, we're through and through. Three brothers from the east side, um, Red Lake fans and Norwood supporters. I live even on the street. I He's the one Norwood. that
6: keeps Des- Declan... Uh, yeah, fresh every time. Declan
5: Hamilton. That's the one. Oh, the brother
6: Anthony, yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right, okay.
1: So Anthony does Decky's hair. Correct. I'll have to study him a little bit closely. Now, I'm going to avoid you here, Raph, but Paz, you're my man. Now, oh, look, I'm getting a bit on in years, Paz, and uh, not looking as uh, fresh and young as I used to. What's a good... What would you recommend for me as a good haircut? Should I grow it out a little bit longer, or let my grey locks flow, or what would you recommend? I'll even remove the headphones for you, so you get a bit better look at what you're dealing with here. What's the recommendation for me, mate?
6: I would probably keep it the way it is. You reckon? Yeah, happy, keep it happy with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, silver fox. You wouldn't go. You wouldn't try and shave uh, it back. Why would, or...
6: you get, why would you get rid of it? Silver fox is what's in fashion. Everyone at the moment is going for that silver look.
1: So you're happy with the length? Happy with the style? Happy. Just, all it needs is a freshen up. Just a bit of it, yeah. I'm a couple of weeks off of, uh, yeah. Look at my best. I'm probably a bit overdue. I might have to come in and see you boys. What's the what's the best store? Who's who's doing the best jobs at the moment? Is that you, Paz? Yeah, come see me. Fair at enough. Phil. I'm at Phil. Uh, you're, Phil. So I'm you're, at, you're, you're I'm at I'm Phil. Phil.
6: So I got me. Um, is that Phil? And my little brother is at um, uh,
1: Norwood. Very good. So, what's uh, what's the end game here, boys? I might refer back to you here, raf uh, We've gone from one business in Golden Grove, the second one at Norwood to Furl to Hindmarsh to the city to Plimpton. It's quite amazing. Where, where are we heading next? Is it world domination?
5: Oh, look, skies are the limits. Um, you take every opportunity when you get it, and you, know, you move forward. You're always moving forward. So, look, it's look, it's been a, it's been a tough year, as we know, in the climate that we've been in um, in the business world with COVID and all the rest of it. Um, now this year is about um, strengthening our business, um, strengthening the partnerships and the community involvement that we do. Uh, we don't just look, look after Nor- Norwood Redlegs, but we've got other community involvements that we do as well. Um, and really putting a stamp on ourselves this year and then seeing where we what our next level is from there.
1: Chatting to the boys from Blades, the Barber Lounge, great supporters of the Norwood Football Club. It's Raf and Paz. If you want to get into the Furl Store, Paz will do a wonderful job for you. Don't see Raf for a haircut, but if you need some business advice, he is your man. He is the brains behind the Blades the Barber Lounge explosion. Uh, Just very quickly before we wrap it up, boys, uh, we're going to be back at uh, Cooper Stadium again to do uh,
5: more on-field, well, not on-field, but on-the-concourse haircuts. Yeah, so just on that, we'll be at every home game this year. Brilliant. And um, it's $5 discount for, for members. Um, but um, all proceeds that we're doing there is going back to the Nord FC junior development um, program. Um, So we're not taking a single cent from anything that we do there. So um, for the fans out there, the money's gone back to the club. Um, So we'd love to see you there. We'd love to be able to um, cut your hair and and we're happy to support the club with everything we're trying to do there. Great
1: deal that. So there you have it. Go and just don't bother getting your hair cut until the Norwood next home game. We're playing North Adelaide in a couple of weeks. I reckon that'll be the time. Go and see the boys at Blades the Barber Lounge just on the outer side of the ground. Is that right?
5: Yep, Uh, next to the um, the family 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 area. That's right.
1: Family friendly area. They're under the big tent there. You pop in, you get yourself a haircut, you get a five dollar discount if you're a Redlegs member, and all of the proceeds are going back to the football club junior development. The boys from Blades Barber Lounge, thank you so much for joining us, Raf And, Paz, really you appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, there you have it. The Two of the great supporters of the Norwood Football Club, the boys from Blades the Barber Lounge, join us. Uh, You're listening to Red Legs Radio. We're off to a break. And on the other side, we're catching up with a 100-gamer, Cam Shenton.
2: You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar, simply and the best. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and solar. Simply the best.
1: Yes, we're in the final term here at Red Legs Radio and we're about to chat to Cam Shenton, who is the 100-game player this weekend for the Norwood Football Club. Of course, 24 for the St Kilda Saints as well. But uh, he is going to take a power of beating four forwards in opposition sides over the course of the rest of the year. It was very, very impressive in the opening round as Norwood defeated Port Adelaide by 35 points. It was a wonderful victory back on Thursday night before Easter. And he joins us now. Cameron Shenton, welcome to Redlegs Radio.
3: Hey mate. How are you?
1: Mate, I am really well. Uh, congratulations. You must have been really pleased with the way the boys performed first up on Thursday night. Yeah, it
3: was a, it was a great team performance. Um I think we'd been training it all pre-season and it was great to finally see it come out in a regular season in round one. And I think it's uh, exciting for what we've got for the year to come. So I think the supporters really enjoyed the, the game style we played and we really enjoyed playing that style.
1: It looked like there was a, 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 an incredible determination to put pressure on the opposition. You seemed like, and we certainly saw you know, some great rundowns from Paul Puapolo in the forward line, but the pressure all around the field was outstanding.
3: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that Twig's brought in uh, when he first came. He, he wants us to be a uh, contested team. He knows that stands up and that wins games. And more importantly, that wins games in finals. So if we can do that all year, and we can become a contested, uh, contested team, uh, I think we can go a fair way this year.
1: There was, I think, five debutants in the team. Michael Noel was so impressive in ruck. Um, we spoke to uh, Rob Harding a little bit earlier about young Jacob Kennelly, but what about Jack Heard? Fifteen touches. He was uh, he was really impressive. Got some uh, really important stats throughout the night.
3: Yeah, Heard has been really good. He came in and played the last game last year, and he got rewarded for the effort he would put in. And he's done a whole lot of work over the off season. And he's just he's one guy that you know. He's not going to get beaten in a one-on-one contest. He may be out of position, but he'll just get a fist in and we can put him on a a dangerous forward for the opposition and we know he's going to get the job done.
1: Uh, What about uh, Brad McKenzie, who's been uh, a soldier of yours down back traditionally, Cam, but uh, he's up the field now and uh, he showed something.
3: Yeah, Brad's been uh, really impressive. Lost eight kilos over this preseason. Eight kgs. We were able to get him on the wing and... We can use his leg entering the Ford 50 and he's got such a good kick on him that he can hit up the forwards and, or as you've seen on the weekend, he can finish from outside 50 as well.
1: Uh, what about yourself, mate? A uh, hundred games this weekend for the Norwood Football Club. What does that mean to you?
3: Oh, it's an honour to play a uh, hundred games for the footy club. Um, I played a lot of my juniors here and obviously when I left, I still kept in touch with a lot of the guys and uh, followed the team. Um... And then, yeah, to be able to come back, I felt like there was a unfinished in his business, um, losing the 2010 grand final and then missing the three in a row. I feel like I really want to win a flag with this team. So, yeah, that's probably why I come back. And uh, it's, I guess in the long run, it would be good to look back and say I played 100 games for the footy club.
1: Uh, what about that? I mean, it is remarkable that you just sort of uh, missed that. Incredible run of the three straight premierships. I mean, it's it's always difficult to say. We're one round in, so you know, I'm not expecting you to declare uh, uh, the red legs premiership favourites. But do you feel like, with everything you know about football, that we're starting to get a few things in place that we're developing and just heading in the right direction?
3: Yeah, I definitely think the clubs are uh, heading in the right direction. Um, since Trix comes in, he's brought some really high standards and he's driving those standards. And he's uh, making the older guys drive those standards as well. And the young guys are coming through, they're learning and they're excited. You get that excitement of that young group coming through uh, mixed with some uh, senior experience. Um, Yeah, I've sort of got the feeling that it's that 2010-2011 Nord team again. And you know what they did in a few years.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. Very quickly, got the Eagles. Sorry, got the Eagles. You got stirred on the weekend after they went down to the Eagles. Uh, What's the key factor to knocking off the Double Blues?
3: I just think bring that uh, contested pressure that we brought on Thursday night, uh, put them under pressure all game, and the offense will take care of itself.
1: Cam Shenton, go well in game number 100. Thanks, mate. Cam Shenton there joining us, of course. He'll play his 100th game for the Football Club on the weekend. We're taking on the Double Blues at Unley Oval. It is going to be an absolutely cracking game. Chance to go 2-0 at the opening uh, two rounds of the year. That's where we would like to see the Norwood Football Club. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope to see you on Saturday afternoon, and of course next Friday when we take on North Adelaide as well. Rubbing your hands together for Sanford Action this weekend. We're off to the Double Blues. We'll see you at the footy. Keep your eye on the red and the
0: blue.